Welcome to the podcast, Your Turn Women, with your host, Melody Holman. In this podcast, we'll explore women's health with stories, interviews, and the cheers for when goals are achieved. But the best part of all will be for you, as a woman, to learn to say fuck off to everyone who tells you what you should do, and to say yes to taking back what you need to be at your optimum health. Hello again. This is Melody with your turn chiming in. So back on, if you listen to the introduction episode, you'll know that I said I was going to do my best to make sure that my podcasts were unedited, not because I'm not embarrassed when I make mistakes and that I want to show them off. It's just that I want you to know that I'm going to try and be as authentic as I can. And I also sort of want to share some of this process with you with this podcast journey that I'm on. Because the journey of your turn started out with my weight loss. And yet, the story of your turn is so much larger than just me. And I have debated back and forth in my mind about how I want this to continue on because I'm afraid of it being this is just Mel's weight loss story and you're going to miss the point of your turn. But on the other hand, if I don't share with you my story, I don't think you're going to get the full picture of why your turn was created and why I've kept it going all these years and why it's been such a passion of mine. So I'm going to continue, which is different than what I thought. Even yesterday, I thought I was going to give you the Your Turn beginning story, but I feel like that's one of those books that you read where it goes back and forth, right? So you go back in time and then you're forward in time. And sometimes I'm like, God, who's even talking? When are they talking? And I don't want it to be confusing like that. I just want this to be sort of an easy listen. So I'm going to continue with my weight loss story and do the natural progression to get to your turn. If you sort of get sick of my story, don't feel bad. You can move on. All the podcasts are labeled. So you go ahead and you look for the one that says the start of your turn. Um, and I, I won't feel bad if this isn't part of the story that you want to hear. But I just feel like I can't get you there with your full understanding without you guys sort of taking this long walk with me. So last night I finished off, we were like, I was 209 pounds and I hadn't decided that I was going to start changing my food yet. And so I was sort of stuck at this plateau and I'm sure that there's a ton of you, if you're a girl, chances are you've at some point tried to lose weight. And if you've tried to lose weight, you've hit a plateau and plateaus are like the worst because you feel like I'm doing all this stuff. I'm doing all this stuff and nothing's working. It's not coming off. It's not coming off. And at that point, all I wanted, like I was, I'd gotten to the point where I was feeling really strong and really powerful. Like I was really starting to get into who I remembered that I used to be. And I was getting back to that girl. And that girl had never been overweight my whole life. Um, I mean, when I was pregnant, but that doesn't count. So I wanted to get back down to like this very specific weight that I always remembered having sort of been my normal homostasis, I guess, is what I think about it. And that weight had always been right around 153, 158. I'm rather, I don't know, I'm average height. I'm 5'9". And so that that was just sort of always where my body seemed to like to stay. And I thought, well, if I could just get down to there. And this next journey is a straight up like weight loss freak show. 
I I decided that I was going to now start turning to my food. And it was getting close to my birthday. My birthday's in March. And my mom was staying with us. I said earlier my dad had recently passed away. He had passed away um, just after or just before my son Pryor was born. So my mom had been staying with us off and on. And my mom was looking to lose a little weight. And so was my sister-in-law. So we all sort of decided that we were going to join Weight Watchers. And I never knew much about health. I didn't know about healthy eating. I just knew that I was raised on foods that my mom made mostly from scratch. And I made almost all of my foods. I made sauces and I made, we made, we churned, we like made our own butter for heaven's sakes. We got our milk. I told you we got our milk from the cow and we pour off the cream and we make our own butter. So making whole foods was common in my house, but was also common was what I soon discovered were too large of servings and way too much soda. I was a show. I'm, I still am. I struggle with soda. I love soda so much. So at this point I am, we decided we're going to go to Weight Watchers and our first Weight Watchers meeting, right? If you've ever joined Weight Watchers, which so many of us have, was so informative for me. They showed me what a serving was. I had no idea. They talked about measuring and weighing your food. Again, I that is not what I had ever done. I didn't do that. I don't count my almonds. I, actually, I didn't even eat almonds. Almonds are not my favorite nut. Pecans are my favorite nut, and I'm definitely not counting them. And sort of taught us how to look on boxes. And they taught us, right, wrong, or otherwise, how to go low calorie, which I decided I was going to do. And I cannot say this enough how I don't recommend it for your health, but it did get me to lose weight. And then every week you'd come back and you'd weigh in and I took my family out. Like we were now eating low calorie. I was weighing all of my foods. I was measuring everything. I had a journal. I I used to say, if I lick it, I have to write it. And I didn't, I refused to just write like a half a serving. If I was licking it, if I was having one, then I was going to count it as a whole serving because I didn't, I sort of had this understanding that it's very easy to think that you eat less than you do and that you burn more calories through exercise than you do, right? So when I think about exercise to me as like a double negative, Counting calories to me was like a triple positive. I just felt like I was never going to do it exactly right. I was always going to undercut how much I was eating and always overestimate how much I was burning when I was exercising, right? Like they got, if you've ever done the Lose It app or the MyFitnessPal, you know, they sort of gauge everything on these averages. And so I just always assumed it was wrong. So I thought one of the ways that I was going to make sure that I was not overeating was even if I took one. I was going to count it as a full serving, whether it was or not. If I had, uh, I didn't. And I I trained myself to not do half servings. If I was going to have Honey Nut Cheerios as a snack or popcorn as a snack, right? So I still remember two cups of popcorn was a serving. I was eating two cups. I don't care if I was going to vomit. I was eating two cups because I was not going to cheat myself and... I knew that I was going to write it down as a full serving anyway. I was so crazy during that time. So that was sort of my weight loss. And I did that. And I did. I ended up, I used to tack. Okay, so here's the other trick that I did. 
So I told you we had a four-story A-frame. And so we, our bedroom was up on the third floor. And on the third floor, there was only three things. There was this little nook, four things. There was this little nook, which is where I kept our desk and computer. And then there was my boy's bedroom. My three boys shared a bedroom. And then Jimmy and I, our bedroom and a bathroom. So that was all that was on the third floor in our closet. That was all that was on the third floor. And so there were, it was a weirdly angled house. It was, anyway, and I would put, so say for instance, I was in a size 18 wide. That's an 18 women's, I called it an 18 wide. And so maybe my goal was to go down to a 16, right? That seems reasonable. Or an 18, not wide, just an 18. And so what I would do is I would buy an outfit and I would tack it up on the wall. So as soon as I walked out of our bedroom, I saw that outfit that I was going to fit into. And that was my goal. That was like my motivation. That was my, you are going to do this. You're going to keep it up. You're going to keep doing it until you hit that goal. And so that's what I did. And then I would try it on every now and then. And if it fit, great. I'd be so excited and I'd wear it. And then once, as soon as that outfit came off the wall, I bought another outfit and I tacked it up. Once I got down to a certain point, I was starting to get into my old clothes, my pre-baby clothes, and then I would put those up on the wall. But until then, I had been in maternity and in sweatpants and yoga pants. I was thinking, I had a friend of mine come over. We have Tuesday mornings with Mel at our house, and a friend of mine and I were talking this morning, and she was talking about, you know, weight loss doesn't make you happy, and so many people think that it's going to make them happy, and, and it doesn't. And, um, yourself is going to shine through at some point or another. So if you're unhappy, this isn't going to, this is not, this is, this, this is not the thing that's going to make you happy. It's just, it'll make you feel good for the moment. And so she was talking about, um, what makes her feel good. So she had lost a lot of weight and then, you know, she's normal and she's a woman and she's takes care of a tons of people and volunteers and, She's always one of my first people, if I need help, that she comes and helps me. And, you know, it's hard for her to take time and put herself on the calendar. We were just talking about it just this morning. And she was talking about the only difference is between um, being heavier and being thinner is that she wasn't afraid to take her clothes off and get on a scale. And she's like, now that is not what I want to do. And she enjoyed clothes shopping more when she's thinner versus where she is right now. And that's true. And I remember like when I look at back at the clothes that I had or do now when I put my weight on, right. I'm like everybody else. I've taken weight off and put it back on and taken it back off and put it back on and good grief. If I'm, you know, I'm, um, anyway, and I was thinking, you know, that's one of the reasons why yoga pants I think are such a craze because that 10 pounds that I gain or lose doesn't matter in the yoga pants. I can keep the yoga pants and I'm going to be in a size, whatever, whatever size you are, you're going to be in that size for forever, right? Like in the yoga pants. Well, I should say within 20 pounds, within 20 pounds, you can still be in those yoga pants. And I think that's one of the reasons that they're so great is because you can keep wearing them. If you, when you fluctuate, while you're during that fluctuation period, which is if you're a girl, most of our lives. And so I finally got to the point where I had, that's almost all I had was, you know, sort of comfy clothes. And my, before Mel, before my, um, before I started moving, 
I didn't leave the house often, so I really didn't have any need for regular clothes anyway. And so they were all pretty much just sweats and, and yoga pants and that kind of thing. And pajama bottoms, right? Pajama bottoms now, people wear them out. And so do I, right? Like I lit, I wore my robe to swim a couple weeks ago. Everyone was looking at me funny. I, In my defense, I did not know that that particular night at swim, there was going to be a huge basketball game. Okay, so all of those people and the big security we had to walk through, I did not know that they were going to be there. And so when I walked in in my bathrobe, I only expected to see the 25 people that I see every week at swimming. So I didn't think this was going to be a big deal. But either way. Either way. Um, so I would tack clothes up and it was really exciting for me to buy new clothes. I mean, I know what Carrie was talking about this morning. It feels good when you're losing weight. And you get to buy that new outfit. And then when you fit into that new outfit, I remember thinking, oh my God, I'm so hot. I Every time I would move down to another size, I thought I had to be the sexiest person alive, like for real. And I would parade around the house like I was absolutely the sec- sexiest person alive, which is great. That's how we should feel, right? It shouldn't take us losing weight to feel that way. But for me, it did. And for so many, it does. It just makes us feel good. And... So that's what I, those are the tricks that I did, right? I that was the tricks I did for food, and that was the tricks I did to keep myself motivated was for that next outfit. I remember when I finally got to, I bought a pair of white pants. They were size fourteen, and I had this cute. It was spring. I had this super cute pink sweater, and I tacked them up on my wall, and I was so excited to get down to a size 14. I remember salivating at the idea of wearing those white pants and that pink sweater and imagining how thin I was going to look. They were like trouser type pants. They were like tailored um, looking, even though you bought them on the online. I just, I couldn't wait to wear them and I would try them on. And I've always told Jimmy, just be honest with me. Like if you're going to be walking next to me and thinking, oh, I wish you wouldn't have worn those pants, just tell me. I I would rather hear it from you than, than feel like I'm wondering about every other person looking at me. And again, everyone, you do you, right? That might not be a thing for you. You might not want to ask someone. But for me, I just wanted to know. I felt confident, but I wanted, I just wanted that reinforcement. I just wanted to know that he thought that it looked good. I don't know, right? Self-esteem issues maybe still. And I would try those white pants. They're white. Can I say it again? They were white fitted. They had a little bit of a boot cut on the bottom. But they were white fitted trouser type pants. You can't hide shit in white. Like there's no hiding in white. Every cellulite dimple that you have, if you're wearing a pair of fitted white anything, whether it's a t-shirt or pants, doesn't matter. You're not hiding anything. Like that shit is showing right through. And I was like, hun, I do not want to leave this house if these don't look good. So don't let me. Like you tell me. You be honest with me. So I would try the pants on and he would say, not yet. Oh, and I'd be so disappointed. I mean, I sort of knew, right? Still snug in the waist. And my sweater, this pink sweater that I bought was like right at the waistband of my pants. And And so it wasn't like you could hide any, there was no hiding happening in this outfit. This was like full on, 
I am a sexy goddess outfit and I wanted to look like it and feel like it when I wore those clothes. And so I just kept waiting and I kept doing what I was doing and I was measuring and I was, you know, all that stuff. And then I'd try it out again. He'd say, not yet. Oh God, fuck. All right. All right. That's fine. That's fine. Put it, tack it back up on the wall. Still waiting. I'm still a size 16. And, um, but my 16s are starting to get big. And I remember I had on these pants from Old Navy. They were like almost bell-bottom jeans. They had like this odd tab over waist. Not that it matters. And they were getting really loose. Like loose enough where I was like, all right, I think I'm to the point now where I'm wearing those pants regardless. And I tried the pants on. They were too big. I never made it to wearing that outfit. I remember that I, Jimmy came home that day from work and I'm like, look at, he goes, well, they're not too tight, not too tight. They're loose. Like they were really loose in the waist. They were like hanging in the body he goes, well, no one will ever see your um, cellulite dimples that you're always so worried about, <laughs> which is so true. But come on, I've been salivating at wanting to wear those clothes so bad. And now I can't wear them because they were too big. It took me a while to realize what that means, that I had gone from a size 16 to a size 12. And I didn't have an outfit in a size 12. I had previously always been a size 10. And so none of those clothes were ready for me yet. So it took me a minute before I could start to celebrate. Like, you are shitting me. I just fucking surpassed. I I just jumped past. It'd be like, you're going into the middle school. Oh, no, you're not. You're too smart. You're going into high school. And you're like, at first, oh, I'm so sad because I'm going to miss all my friends. And I'm so sad that I'm going to miss a middle school dance. And, you know, then you realize you just shaved how many years off of your, your young school years, right? Before you start to get so excited. So that was me. All of a sudden it hit me and I'm like, all right, I'm going shopping. Like I am going shopping. I'm going to buy myself a size 12 and we don't have a J Jill in our area, like in the store. And so I ended up going to the mall and at the mall we had a gap. And I remember the pants I bought. I remember I bought these pair of um, drawstring, which I know sounds dumb. Like, what am I on a farm? I mean, not that I'm judging drawstring. Just it was an odd choice for wanting to look super hot and sexy that I'm going to pick a pair of drawstring pants. But Gap, so I have a smaller waist and thicker hips and thighs. And Gap stuff doesn't fit me really well. It's not really my, it shouldn't really be my store go-to. Maybe it's changed. I haven't really gone back. But I remember that those pair of light blue denim pants that I bought with the drawstrings and these like rectangle pockets in the front and no pockets in the back. And I remember I bought, I went into the store, I tried them on. I said to the sales lady, you can take the tag. I'm buying them right now. And I bought myself that size 12, my very first size 12 outfit. It Weight loss does not make you happy in the long run. I know that, but there are moments that you feel this elation, that you feel this, oh my God, I did it. I, you know, so now it is spring. It wasn't yet summer. 
it was spring and I had gotten super, like super, I'd lost all this weight. I don't even know what, it doesn't matter what, how much I weighed. All I knew is I jumped to size 14. I'm now in a size 12. I'm at the normal stores. I don't need to go to the women's section or the wide section anymore. I don't need to only shop at Kohl's where they have the women's section, like the Gloria Vanderbilt pants, which not judging, I wore those for a long time, but God, to be able to go to the mall and buy an outfit from the mall felt like, God, it felt like amazing. It just felt amazing. It felt like it was something that I hadn't done. And I can't even tell you how long because granted I'd been pregnant for, you know, what felt like 20 years and all I could wear were things that, you know, were pull on, didn't have a waist or didn't have a fitted, just had pull on stuff. And so that was so exciting to me. I just remember walking out of the mall thinking I had to be the hottest snot there was, like for real. I went all by myself. I should have brought a friend, right? But I went all by myself. I was so proud of my purchase. I felt so incredibly satisfied when I left that mall. And then you go home and the truth is, is everything's the same. Nothing's changed. I still only get to eat, right? Half cup cereal or two cups of popcorn and, you know, four ounces of meat and, you know, more vegetables. I didn't have to count my vegetables. I could eat as much vegetables as you want. But, you know, the thing about vegetables, now I do have, now, now listen, now I do mostly plant-based. And, um, but at the time, I just felt like vegetables aren't very satisfying when you think about all the other things you could eat, right? Because I was still missing, and I still do miss some of the yummy foods that I don't really eat very often anymore. I don't say no to everything, but I say less often. I say yes to those foods less less often. Anyway, so so that was sort of how I was feeling inside of my body, which it was great, but it wasn't it wasn't taking away my depression. Right? I still was searching for for my doctor for an antidepressant. I was still going home and feeling insecure and and unhappy. I still had all of that same stuff going on. And it was so fun to meet my friends at the Y. And it was so fun to take Craig's class. Now I had um, moved on from the Sculpt and Splash. That spring, I decided to try this body weight exercise class. It was sort of Um, it was, I don't remember if it was an actual high intensity interval training class or not, but he would have us doing bear crawls and he would have us doing jump, you know, so I guess it probably was right. So sort of like you do intensive exercise and get your heart rate up for so many seconds. And then you sort of cool down and do something lower, lower heart rate for a little while. And then you go up heart rate and then you go down heart rate and you do that for an hour. And I remember thinking like I was the shit doing this stuff. And I remember Craig would take us out. Um, sometimes if it was nice, again, I'm in Michigan. It's spring. Spring sometimes still means winter. But when it was nice, sometimes he would let us and take us out onto the lawn. And there was this hill that he would have us do bear crawls up or wheelbarrows down and have us do all of these inchworms god he used to have us do a ton of inchworms inchworms i swear were his sadistic humor and he used to bring out a bucket oh he did he used to bring i just remembered he used to bring out this white bucket and he would say for anyone that pukes in the bucket i'll buy you lunch and i remember wanting so desperately to puke 
to work out so hard. That is sick. I don't feel like that now. But I wanted to work out so hard that I would puke in that bucket. And then on the days that we couldn't go out, he would sometimes take us around the track. So we had this very small indoor track around some of the weight, the free weight equipment. And he would have us do some of these things around that track. And I remember he would say, what are you going to be? And I'd yell, I'm going to be number one. I don't know number one what. Like, what was I trying to number one? I have no idea. I wasn't winning. I wasn't litter. I wasn't winning anything. Right. But I wanted to be number one. I wanted to be number one so bad. And number one for what? For his class? I mean, seriously, I was the only one that was probably doing this as crazily and intensely as I was because I was high on my body. My body was getting so strong. I could do things I never imagined I could do with my body. I, when I was growing up, right, wrong, or otherwise, this is not a judgment call. My mom was a very good mom. But I grew up thinking I was average. It makes me cry thinking about it. I didn't know I could be anything. I wasn't, I was okay in school, but I was more of a goof off than anything. I hid my insecurities. I hid my fears behind drugs, alcohol, and smoking, and parties, and sex. I had sex with strangers. Well, they weren't strangers. They were in my high school, but um, I really spent a lot of my time when I was a young adult not I wasn't even an adult. I was just a teenager, really hiding behind anything that could mask all of the feelings that I had that weren't pleasant. And my mom was a single mom, and she ended up marrying my stepdad, who I loved and called dad, and he's the one who passed away just before I had prior. I loved him dearly. He's totally one of my guardian angels. He and I talk all the time. I Anyway, but at the time, I never knew I was anything special. It's not anybody's fault. I just didn't know I was good enough to do anything good. My mom used to say, you're so funny, Mel, and you're so cute. Just get married to a good man who will take care of you, and you'll never have to do worry about anything, right? Um, and so I didn't try in school because I was sort of raised to think that that was all I was good for was eventually to get married to someone who thought I was funny and cute and they would take care of me. Well, that shit was not my fucking reality. Like that shit was definitely not my reality. And I I know very few people who that is their reality, but it was totally not mine. But I never thought that I could be anything. I never thought I could be strong. I never thought I could strive for anything bigger than myself I was I always looked at myself like I was average I was average height I was average weight I was average in school I was average mom I was average and there was something about this power that I was gaining that made me feel better than average that made me think that I could be something. I don't know what. Apparently, I thought I was going to be number one. <laughs> I don't know what for what still, but it felt so good to have someone believe in me. I mean, my husband believed in me. He has always been. My mom believed in me. 
my friends did, but I never felt it like I did when I was gaining this power. It was like, I actually felt like I could tell the world to take a big flying leap and I would be okay. I was just gaining this self-confidence and this drive. I'd never been driven to win anything in my life. I was fine with being average. I wasn't raised to be anything more than just fine and good enough. And all of a sudden, it was like, no, I am better than that. I am better than average. I can do these things that other people can't do. I am willing to work hard. I am willing to put the time in. I am willing to be dedicated. I was willing beyond anything I ever thought I would ever be willing to do. And to be honest, to this, to, on today, if you would ask me to go back and do that, I would say, no, I'm too tired. I don't want to do that. That's so much work. But at that time, I was just finding my power. I was just finding out that I could be more than this average, average nothing. I just felt like I was nothing. I wouldn't have mattered to anyone if I was gone. I wouldn't have mattered. And I'm going to be here to tell you, I don't know that it would have mattered then either, but it sure felt like for some reason that all of a sudden it did. All of a sudden, it felt like it mattered. It felt like I mattered. It felt like being more than just this mattered and I could do it. And I was gonna. And I remember at some point talking to Craig, that fitness instructor, and I said, I really need to lose some more weight. I really need to lose some more weight. And at this point, I was somewhere in the 170 range, right? So I was coming down pretty good. And he said, you do not need to lose more weight. Stop saying that. What you need to do is you need to build a little muscle, okay? So stop saying you have to lose weight and start saying you have to build muscle. Oh, all right. Well, I didn't do that at first. At first, I told him, I said, Craig, I always wanted to be a runner. Well, not always, right? Because my first running experience was with my sister and I was smoking and my second running experience broke me. But I said, you know, it's the one thing I couldn't do. I could do all these inchworms you're asking me to do. And I could, at this point now, Dawn and I had been swimming. I could swim 500 meters, which I thought was a huge accomplishment for someone who had never been a swimmer my whole life. And I'm not saying I looked good. I'm just saying I could get there. Bike riding was always pretty easy to me. If you can sit your pussy on that bike for a while without, you know, God, cracking off. Because that's what it feels like when you sit on that seat for long enough. Um. So anyway, so I wanted to be a runner. I said, Craig, do you know anybody who's running? I want to join a running group. He's like, I don't know anybody offhand, but I'll keep my ears open. I'll let you know. So my first running, he came back and said, Mel, I got a lady at my church who's starting this running group. And she said, you could join. You don't have to be a member of the church. You could join. So I was like, oh. All right, then I'll do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to join your running group. So not his running group, but that lady's running group. And it started like in the fall. And I, so during that summer, I had done a triathlon with Dawn. And, but I couldn't run the whole thing. It was just the one thing I couldn't do at all. You know, here's the thing. When you swim and you doggy paddle or sort of glide they call it gliding and you glide right 
Or if you're not working really hard at swimming, like swimming pretty ferociously, um, no one calls you out on it, right? You're in the water. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. When you're on the bike, well, no one says you have to pedal every single second. Like you can coast, right? When you're going downhill, you can coast. But there was something for me about running and then having to walk. You know, there's all these people around. And I don't know. I just didn't want to be a walk runner. I wanted to be a runner. It was the one thing that I just felt like I really hadn't been able to do. So I joined the group and I met this woman, Colleen, and um, I made a new friend, Kathy, and a couple other friends. Then now I can't remember their names, but it was great. And we started it with this couch to 5K. And I thought, well, this is something that's super easy. We met at this church parking lot and we would, the first couple times, it seems like we ran inside um, the church gym because the weather was really bad. And then eventually we went outside and we ran the parking lot and then we went and ran down the trail. So we were really close to this Calhaven trail. So we would run sometimes on the Calhaven trail. Anyway, and oh God, this is, this just goes to show you how incredible I thought I was. We were on the day that we were running for three minutes, solid, three solid minutes minutes. I was so high on myself, the idea that I could run a whole three minutes, which goes to show you what my running had been like previously, even though I had done running things, right? The triathlon you're running just goes to show you that I really hadn't been running for like, you know, longer consecutively than three minutes. And if you're not running longer than that and you don't care, it doesn't, I mean, it's not a judgment call. It was just something I really wanted to do, right? So I'm running with my new friend, Colleen, and Colleen was so fun. She was always cracking jokes. She was a little older than me. Our husbands um, worked together, and so we would run together, and it just so happened. This had to be in October because it just so happened that she had just gone to watch over the previous weekend. I think it was her nephew run the Chicago Marathon. And we're running this three minutes. I'm not lying. We are running three minutes together. And she goes, it was really powerful. Mel, it was really incredible to watch all those people out there. Wouldn't that be something to do someday? Yeah, let's do it right now. I mean, not like this minute, but let's run a marathon. Let's decide right now that we're going to run a marathon. She's like, yes. I mean, so we were so high on the ability to run for three minutes that we had decided we're going to run a marathon. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think I knew how long a marathon was. Didn't matter. We were high. We were awesome. We knew our power. We knew that we could absolutely do anything that we wanted from this point on because we could run for three whole minutes straight. So we finished. Oh my God. So we finish, we go back, we meet up with our group and I decide I'm going to tell her, I'm going to tell our run coach, you know what? Colleen and I are going to run a marathon. And if you could imagine the look on this woman's face. So this woman was pretty petite. She had this frosty kind of blonde hair. It was short. Um, Well, I shouldn't say short. It's like shoulder length with bangs in a bob, like, but that frosty kind of look. She looked at me like I was crazy. She goes, well, Yeah you know, that's a really great goal. And I think maybe you can run the 5k first. Oh yeah. We're totally running a 5k. Isn't a 5k on a way to a marathon? 
right? Like a marathon. We have to run a 5K if we're going to run a marathon. Yeah, but how about maybe if you finish this 5K? Yeah, we're totally finishing this 5K. Like she did not get it. She didn't get it at all. She looked at us like we were crazy. And I'm telling her we're going to run a marathon now. And she's looking at us like, yeah. Like, you know, like the child that comes up and says that they just saw a unicorn and you just pat him on the head and you say, oh, honey, you're so sweet. That's what she was doing to us. She was totally patting us on the head, telling us how sweet we were because we were going to run this marathon. I don't think she had faith in us. So anyway, so fine. You do you, right? Whatever. I'm like, Colleen, we are totally doing it. So I am now going, I'm high. I'm, I'm going to run. Now I'm a marathon runner. Like didn't even matter if I wasn't actually a marathon runner. I was definitely a marathon runner now. So I go back to the Y on Monday. This group met on the weekends. So I go back to the Y. I tell my friend, John, hey, John, you want to run a marathon? No. No, no, you do. You do. I promise. You totally want to run a marathon. She's like, no, I don't. Mel, she's like, after I run a 5K, I swear I need to rest for two days. I can't run a marathon. Like we just did a triathlon. Yeah, rested for a whole week. I am not able to do a marathon. No, we'll be fine. You're totally going to want to do it because if you don't do it, I'm going to be so upset with you and I don't want to do it by myself. Mel, I'm not running a marathon. Fine. At this point, I was also taking kettlebell classes. If you don't know what those are, kettlebells are like, I don't know, it's like this weight, this big ball weight with a handle on the top, which is also part of the weight. And you swing it and with two hands and one hand, and you can do a ton of exercises with it. It's So I would go to kettlebell class with my friend, Nicole. Nicole, you want to run a marathon? No, running is stupid. No, 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 no. You totally want to run a marathon. Don't you want to run a marathon? No, I'm not running a marathon. Nicole, if you don't run a marathon, I'm not going to be your friend. I don't fucking care, Mel. I'm not running a marathon. Like marathons are dumb. Do you know how long they are? Doesn't matter. Let's run one. No, I don't want to. You're going to regret it. You are going to regret it when I am so cool running a marathon and you're not running a marathon. You're going to regret it. She's like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to regret it. Yes, you are. I'm still taking my step aerobics class with my friend, Michelle. I go into my step aerobics class, Michelle, want to run a marathon? I'm not running a marathon. No, no, no. You totally want to run a marathon. She's like, no, I don't, Melody. I'm not running a marathon. Do you know what a marathon is? She's like, do you know what a marathon is? I know that it's a run. I know that a lot of people do it. She's like, I know that that's not something I can do. No, no. I, for these four ladies or these three ladies, myself included, was not going to take no for an answer. So it's getting close to the end of my podcast for today. And when I do my next podcast, I'm going to share with you who decided to run with me and the millions of funny stories along the way. So for today, I just want to leave you with the fact that, again, weight loss won't bring you happiness, but there is something to be said for achieving a goal that you thought maybe you wouldn't be able to reach. And that can be both in weight loss. It could be in fitness. I found that I could do nine. Well, I hadn't discovered this yet, but I'm going to discover that I could do nine pull-ups. This girl who was 241 pounds was now getting to the point where I was going to be 143 and I could do nine consecutive pull-ups. I felt like the baddest ass woman on the face of the earth. 
And if you would have told me that a year ago, this is where I would be, I would have called you crazy. So this is just for the reminder that we have so much more ability within us than we give ourselves credit for. We have the mental capacity to decide. That's how I think about it. When I think when I do my small steps to smell healthy living class, it's all about deciding. You decided to go to college, right? And then you take the steps to get you there. Well, I decided to lose weight. And then I decided once I started to feel good, I was going to get strong. And then I decided what strength looked like for me was running a marathon. So next time I'm going to share with you that running story, which is so fabulous. If you're still interested in listening, which I hope you are. And I'm going to sign off for today. I hope that you have a wonderful day. I hope that you decide that you're going to reach for a goal that you think might just be beyond your reach. And then you come to find out it's not. So, all right, friends, have a great day. See you soon. Bye.